I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Floor. Today I'm going to be talking about the book Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis and how it inspired me to start fulfilling my dreams. And I initially listened to this book on um, when I was driving back from visiting my family in Utah. We drive from Ohio to Utah and back every summer and sometimes twice a year and so we have a long time during the drive to listen to books and when my kids don't want to listen to things that I listen to I just usually put it some headphones on and listen to books while they're doing other things in the car and I really enjoy driving and listening to books I find it inspiring and a great way to stay alert and um, pass the time and the funny thing was, is we had just gotten like one of those free three month uh, subscriptions to Audible, uh, just probably a couple weeks before because my daughters wanted to listen to some book um, while we were on vacation. And so we, we could only find it on Audible. So we got the free subscription and then I had three months of all these great books. So I actually listened to a lot of her other books fiction books, which I would recommend as well. They're kind of fun, romantic comedy type books. And I didn't even know who Rachel Hollis was. Like, I've never followed her on Instagram. I think I've maybe looked at her website once or twice. Um, so I find it interesting that even someone who e hasn't really followed her can get inspired by all that she has done in her life, which is quite a lot. And she's, I don't know, probably 10 years younger than me. And so that is super inspiring. So I hope that this will help you if you decide to read this book. And I'll kind of tell you the things that I did to implement it into my life, what I did as I reread this book. So initially, after I was listening to this book, uh, my big takeaway was that you need to make time for your dreams. They're not just going to happen. You need to make time. And part of that making time is making time to actually think about what you want to do with your life. And while I was driving, I didn't really um, take the time because I was driving to write things down and really stop and kind of take that time to brainstorm. And I'll talk about that a little later because I took the time recently to do that. So during the drive, I really thought about things that just instead of not necessarily dreams per se or things that I wanted, but more like goals that I wanted to accomplish or things that I wanted to get done that I haven't been doing and excuses I put into my life 
that she just says, they're all excuses. You make time. If you want something to happen, you need to make it happen. And it's funny because the big thing that I've been wanting to do was clean out my garage. And that sounds like a really lame goal. That's the initial thing that came into my brain was I just want to be able to pull at least one car into the garage. So during the winter, I don't have to brush off my car and that it's organized. So when I open the garage, I don't feel embarrassed and that we can find things easily. I mean, just some basic things. And the big thing she talks about is making time in your calendar each day to accomplish your goal. So what are you going to sacrifice to give yourself at least an hour a day to, to accomplish your goal. And I thought, well, I can do an hour for sure. I can sacrifice whatever I've been doing, whether it be reading a book, being on social media, or um, even watching um, shows that I can sacrifice an hour. So if I really want to accomplish this. So I got home from our vacation and I just immediately put on my calendar every day that I would have an hour to clean my garage. And then as you go on to the book, she has you make a plan. So it's not so it's effective. Um, And so I began by just kind of um, making a plan to kind of get through all the stuff in my garage. And so I did it an hour every day, except probably um, except Sundays and maybe Sometimes on Saturdays, I wouldn't get to it, but for sure, at least five days a week, I was doing it. And it took me a while because our garage was filled with, well, we've been in our home now here for 10 years. So our garage was filled with 10 years of stuff, projects we'd laid aside and just put in the garage, all these bikes, toys. I mean, there's just so many things you can put in your garage and kind of forget about. And so it took us a while to get through all that, but we did. And I even took the time to like paint the walls, which was actually really fun because we just got leftover paint that we had from a project and I didn't have to be precise. I just wanted the garage to lighten up a bit because it's pretty dark and it was the easiest kind of fun way to paint when you don't have to worry about being perfect and getting paint everywhere because you're just in your garage and who really cares? But I think it took me about six to eight weeks to accomplish this goal. And as of now, it's been about six months since I did that. And it's still pretty clean. I can still fit my car in there. And I even when we have projects, we still have room to set things aside and then get to them and then clean them out. So we can still do all the things that we need to do and um, still get one of our cars in there, plus all the bikes and lawn equipment and all that. I decided as I was thinking about this podcast, and I mentioned in my introduction that I had a friend who suggested that maybe you should review some of the books you've read and talk about how they have inspired you. And so this book was the first one that came to mind because it really was, it just kind of got me going because I had originally thought about doing this blog and I had been using probably all of the excuses on her list Um, Some more than others, I had probably just been researching way too much and going in circles and not really getting things done and not really thinking about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be in my life. And I am in an interesting stage in my life where I am 
45 years old. I have five kids. They're all getting older and they don't need me as much and yet they do need me. And so I'm just trying to find this balance of where I want my life to go and still be able to be there for them and still accomplish things. So Rachel Hollis divides her book in about three sections and I'm going to kind of talk briefly about um, each of the chapter titles and then kind of instead of going through each one because I think that'll take a really long time I'm going to talk about the things that I feel like helped me the most and what I liked about a few of the different sections in her book and at first I kind of was feeling like wow I have not done that much in my life as much as she has and then I kind of sat back and was like, well, yeah, I mean, I have done a lot and I've been happy. I have five children. I have worked as a diving coach. I have worked in these other ways. I have been involved in volunteer things. I want to caution you against comparing yourself to her because that's not her goal of this book. Her goal is to get you going and moving. And in general, comparisons aren't going to really help you. So just don't go there kind of because that's what I did initially and it's just not really helpful. All right. So I'm going to talk about first, she has nine different excuses. She says that really does affect us. Um, why, for some reason, why we don't accomplish the things that we want to get done. So excuse number one, that is not what other women do. Excuse number two, I am not a goal oriented person. Excuse number three, I don't have time. Excuse number four, I am not enough. Excuse number five, I can't pursue my dream and be a good mom, daughter, or employee. Excuse number six, I am terrified of failure. Excuse number seven, it's been done before. Excuse number eight, what will they think? And excuse number nine, good girls don't hustle. First of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about that is not what other women do. And it was funny because it reminded me of when I was in fifth grade and we had this project to um, find a picture in a magazine that was something we wanted to be when we or someone we wanted to be when we grew up and then just write why we wanted to be it. Simple, simple thing, but it was kind of this funny yet profound idea I've had kind of in my brain since I was in fifth grade. So I found a picture of Ronald Reagan because I wanted to be the president of the United States in fifth grade. So I found a picture of Ronald Reagan and I cut my head out and I put it in his head. But the funny part is, is I didn't even cut out his hair. And so I just have my head I just had my head with Ronald Reagan's hair. And this is, you know, before all the electronic stuff, I'm like manually cutting these things out. And I think it was from like a Time article. And it was him with a picture of his cabinet. And I remember what I said was that I want to be the president of the United States and give women a chance. And that it was kind of just always in my brain, this idea that I wanted to be the first woman of the United States. So when she had this chapter of that is not what other women do, it's funny how I've sort of gone the opposite ways. I didn't initially, I didn't want to do what other women are doing. I didn't want to think about 
staying home with my kids. I just did not, I wanted to be something, something different. And then as my life progressed and I had some different experiences and when I initially had my first son, I realized how much I did want to be a mom and it just kind of changed my trajectory a little bit. And ever since then, I've just kind of been rethinking of what I wanted to do with my life. And so that I just thought that was an interesting kind of take on it where I initially didn't want to be like everyone else. And then I was okay with being not necessarily like everyone else, but being your traditional mom. Um, and I don't even know if I'm really a traditional mom, whatever that means. But being a mom at first was like this hard idea for me. And actually, I've loved being a mom and staying home. But I think what her point is in this chapter is that that we're not to let people determine what our dreams should be. And so don't let people determine what your dreams should be. Whether you want to be different from someone else or not different, don't prejudge what do you really want to be and kind of explore that and don't let other people determine that which I liked a lot. The other big excuse for me is, especially, you know, having five kids is I don't have time. And it's so easy to say. She says you can carve out five hours a week, which I did to get my garage done. But I think this excuse really does sabotage us. And it's so easy to say that we don't have time. But I think as you rethink what you really want to do, you're going to also maybe change the way you think about things and I'm not going to make time for that and I am going to make time for these and these things I'm going to include in my life and these things I'm not going to include in my life anymore and I'm not going to do those things because I want to do this other accomplish this goal whatever you want to do she's saying you need to rethink how you think about time because we all can accomplish a lot of things if we just really think and take some things out. Um, I love this quote where she says, stop waiting for someday. Someday is a myth. Don't wait to have time. Start planning to make the time. And the next excuse was it's been done before. And I think that also is really is one that kind of held me back as well because there's so many things that everybody's done before, right? whether it be doing a podcast or whether it be writing a blog or whatever you do, it's so easy to say, well, it's been done before. The real thing I liked, um, so I think that comes to kind of comparing ourselves to other people that we need to be able to just try to let that go. And instead of comparing ourselves to others, work about, work on how we can be a better version of ourselves. So I had another two quotes that I really liked that she said in her book. This isn't a question of whether you can do something well, because nearly anything can be, can be learned. This is a question of whether you're humble enough to suck for as long as it takes for you to become better. And that, oh, that is such a true idea and that I'm, that you can be willing to kind of not be good at something and not be good at something that someone else is better at 
for a while so that you can get better at what you want to do. And then the other quote I really like is, if you find yourself worried about the idea that someone else has already done it, you need to flip the script on whether that's a bad thing. If someone else has done it, you can research and model behavior and test out your own theories using their roadmap of some kind of guidance. You can combine their own how with your why to create something epic. I guess what I really also like about how she um, says stop using it's been done before as an excuse is, and it sounds a little cliche, but it hasn't been done by you. And you have something unique, as we all do, to make something kind of our own. So what can you do to make something your own, even though it's been done before? The last thing I think of the excuses, which were a big one for me, was what will they think? And I think especially um, now when it's so easy to criticize people on social media, leave nasty comments on whatever platform that is out there, it is really, um, it can be a little overwhelming to worry about the haters or what they're going to think. And she seems to, she's just like, you've got to just get that, give that up. And I especially remember I was, I helped my dad. Um, he ran for city council just after when I, <clears throat> it was just after I graduated from college and I had come home and I didn't have a job yet. And he was um, deciding to run for city council. And he's just like, well, why don't you help me run my campaign while you're looking for a job? And so that's what I did. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just helped manage his campaign and manage his finances. And, and I was kind of excited because that's where I thought my life was going to be leading at the time. I had majored in history. I was um, looking to go to law school. And um, so I thought, okay, this will kind of help me. I'll, it'll get me some experience. Maybe this is something I want to do, be involved in politics. And I was actually surprised at how it really, it was fun. And my at, to add to it, my dad did win the election. But I was surprised at how many people would make up lies about my dad, whether it be in the newspaper. And this was even before any social media. This was in 1997. And I just was really put off by that. It really may stop a lot of people to entering public service because they're so worried about what will people think? What are they going to say about me? What lies are they going to make up about me? And I'm really impressed with people who just keep moving forward and don't worry about that. And so I know that this kind of was always in the back of my head and kind of held me back from probably doing what I thought I wanted to do or in some ways that might have just put me in to the right place where I needed to be at the time. So I liked uh, kind of two of these quotes I wrote down from the book. It says, all you can do at any stage and season of life is do your best. And someone's opinion of how you're doing or what you're doing is none of your business. And then I love this other one. She says, stop giving power to someone else's opinions. So I think those are so true. And so what I like about this section is she kind of just stop listening to all these things you're saying are reasons you can't accomplish your goals and do what you really want to do. 
not what someone else wants you to do. Don't worry about what people think. There's so many excuses we can come up with. And I'm sure there are more than just the nine she listed. I'm sure we have more in our brains that were that we can say to ourselves. Um, but I pointed out kind of the three that were big, big for me and kind of resonated with me. Oh, I forgot one really great quote from that that section about not caring what people think is the truth is it doesn't matter what they think of you. It matters what you think of you. So, so true. Okay. The next section is um, all about behaviors to adopt. So she's saying these are behaviors you need to start adopting so that you can get in the habit of accomplishing your goals. And she has seven behaviors. And I'm going to kind of go through, name all the seven, and then again, talk about the ones that stood out to me as the most helpful. Behavior number one, stop asking for permission. Behavior number two, choose one goal and go all in. Behavior number three, embrace your ambition. Behavior number four, ask for help. Behavior number five, Build foundations for success. Behavior number six, stop allowing them to talk you out of it. And behavior number seven, learn to say no. The one thing I really liked, and I think everyone needs to stop and make sure when you're reading this book to really explore when she gets to behavior number two, she talks about choose one goal and go all in. And she has this 10, 10, 1 thing that she says Every day she writes it down. She has 10 years, 10 dreams, and one goal at a time. And she, 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 took, she says, take some time to really dream. What do you want your life to look like in 10 years? And when initially when I was driving in the car, I just kind of like did it in my head. But just this past week as I was rereading this book, I really took time to think about what I wanted my life to look like. And it was so fun to just write it down. Write it down and then quantify it into and kind of weed it down into 10 different dreams and then try to accomplish those 10 dreams one goal at a time. And even as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have the new children and youth goal program and I was thinking this this idea of combining your dreams and taking time to really brainstorm about your dreams but then taking it even further and praying about what you've just done and then getting some direction from the Lord as you would have your he would have your life go and that, I think, takes it even to a higher level as if it's not just your dreams. It's kind of understanding also the will of God for your purpose in life. And then I feel like you're a little more hyper aware of what you are to do and what you want to do and then what the Lord would have you do. And then if they're like the same, I feel like you can just find that purpose and really feel inspired to accomplish your goals. And so I just want to emphasize that when you go through this section, really take the time to go through. Don't just be like, okay, I'll think about that. Just take the time because it is so 
kind of invigorating. And I think sometimes as a mom, and I'm just going to say this from my perspective, that it's easy to get lost in the day-to-day getting everybody ready for school and to activities and all these things that you have to accomplish to make your home function, that it's easy to forget what it's like to dream and look ahead. Because as a kid, that's all you're doing. Okay, what do I want to do when I grow up? What college do I want to go to? What job do I want to have? How do I want to accomplish those things? And you're just constantly thinking about, all right, four years from now, where do I want to be? And somehow as you get to the place where you've accomplished a lot of those things and when I've had kids and you know you think okay how many kids you want to have and you get to that point where you've almost accomplished a lot of the things you looked ahead to your life and you're like well what now and that was just such a fun activity what now where do you want your life to go now what things do you really want to do and just take that time And then take also the time to meditate and commune with God so you can align your purpose with what he has in store for you. And many times when you feel guided or prompted to go a certain way, that's because that is where you are supposed to go. And I just felt like that was just a really, really fun exercise. And it's really gotten me inspired and just like, I've done little things and I think about um, how important it is to just have that, that idea in your head. But the other thing that I want to emphasize is she also says that you need to, you can't just be all over the place, that you need to pick one goal at a time. So usually if she's saying 10 goals, 10 years, one goal at a time, and she just wants She reminds you, you need to be focused because sometimes we tend to want to do everything at once and be all over the place. And so just being focused and I'll have to be honest. So I, I actually have a couple things going, but only because I'm trying to develop some habits to accomplish a a couple other goals on my list, as well as one of the goals is getting this podcast going and eventually hopefully making a little bit of money doing this. The other thing she mentions is that you have to have a really good why. Because otherwise, it's so easy to give up when things get hard. And when things don't go exactly your way, and you see roadblocks and stop signs, and you just want to quit, you need to have a really good why. And that's one of one one thing she emphasizes is make sure you really understand the why so you can continually work at your goal and not give up. So I had two other behaviors that I thought were most helpful for me. And so the second one she mentions was um, her behavior number four, which was ask for help. And I initially thought that with asking for help, it was more like asking for help to accomplish your goal, like finding out, helping, asking for people to give you ideas or mentors or that type of thing. But actually, this chapter is more about asking for help for things that you need to get done in your life that is going to make it harder for you to accomplish your goals. So whether it be asking for help for um, someone to watch your kids so that you can go to 
school again or asking for help to maybe have someone clean your house so that you can take the time you need to accomplish your goals. So asking for help. And the other thing I think I like that she emphasized is no one can do it all. And don't think that everybody who's doing things like does it all. And she mentions that she initially, um, when she was doing her website and would have these posts on Instagram, Instagram, someone said, well, how do you do it all? And she said, I don't. And she got a little bit of kickback from that because she says, well, I have to have a nanny if I'm going to work. And I have to, I have someone who picks out my clothes and we work really hard to manage our budget so that we can now have a housekeeper. And she just puts all these things in place because she's very focused on what she wants to do and then um, looks at her life and finds way to ask for help um, so that she doesn't have to do some things that is going to prevent her from accomplishing her goal. And I find that quite amazing. So as you're thinking about accomplishing your goal, sometimes it does feel overwhelming because you think, well, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. And her main thing is ask for help. Ask for someone to help shop for you or whatever you need to do to make sure you can keep on the path and focused on the goal that you have. And the other one that is so hard for me and I'm learning and being better is the last behavior she talks about is learning to say no. And why is it so hard sometimes to do this? And I think it might be going back to her excuse of like worrying about what people think, I think could be part of it. But it's also learning um, as you're super defined about what you're accomplishing you have to be super defined on ways you want to spend your extra time. And I think the past, I don't know, five or six years, I don't know if I've been as defined on what I want to accomplish in my life. And so it's so easy for me to really want to help others. And so I say yes a lot. And sometimes that gets me into trouble um, because I say yes and then I don't realize like all these things are going to, end up being in the same day or just I don't kind of really take the time to kind of think okay is this what is this going to help me or is this something I really want to do to help someone else and I liked a couple of the quotes that she mentions in this chapter she says years ago Jen Hatmaker reminded us of this quote if it's not a hell yes it's a no but to make sure I have time to get all things all the things on my priority list, not just my children, I've got to be crystal clear about what matters most. She says that when people ask for extra time, she also says that she can't give extra time because it takes time away from her family. And so she is very defined. She's also very defined. She says she hates going and helping at the schools. She just doesn't like doing that. And, and yet she'll do other things that can be helpful um, but she is more defined about where she wants to spend her extra time and learning to say no. And she gives kind of like four little bullet points to think about saying no. Um, she, one is respond ASAP. When someone asks you for something, go with your gut and respond as soon as possible. Her second piece of how to 
be better at saying no is be polite, but be honest. I told everyone who requested time that I couldn't commit to anything additional this season because it would take time away from my family. And she says, whenever she said that, no one would give her a hard time. And she said, usually no one gives me a hard time when I say no. Then she says, be firm, but learn to say no. Just be firm. I think you don't even need to have an excuse. I don't even want to say an excuse because we don't want to even have an excuse, but a reason why you're saying no. You can just say, nope, that's not going to work for us. And then she also mentions the fourth thing was to be say no effectively so that they don't come back again. And maybe part of that I've heard from other people as I've sort of been trying to be better at saying no and trying to make sure that I um, I have enough time for my family and I'm volunteering a little bit, but not so much that I'm feeling resentful that, um, that you don't have to give an excuse. You can just say no and it's okay. Okay, so the last section is also really super helpful. She calls this section skills to adopt. And there are six skills. Skill number one, planning. Skill number two, confidence. Skill number three, persistence. Skill number four, effectiveness. Skill number five, positivity. And skill number six, lead leadership or lead hership as she has it in her book. These are all really, really helpful. I mean, this whole book is just really inspiring and it really is almost like, okay, I'm going to show you the things I do every day to accomplish my goals. And she's done a lot of great things. And she's just giving you things to really think about. Because I think sometimes we can dream and we can have goals and she just strips it down even more to just help you stay focused and be effective, which I really like. And her first one, skill number one in planning is really good. And it's super helpful to get you on the right path because she talks about kind of planning from the finish line. And she talks about having mile markers. She has this diagram in this book where she has like her finish line goal and then three mile markers that can get you effectively to your goal. And she suggests you start brainstorming of all the things that you need to have to accomplish your goal. And her example is when she was writing, she wanted to publish a cookbook and she really didn't know how to do that. And so she brainstormed all these ideas of, I need a literary agent. I need all these different things. And she had probably like 10 or 15 things. And then she said, you have to narrow them down to three things. What are the three things you think would be the most effective ways that you could get to this finish goal? And then she says, you have these mile markers and then you can slowly work on one mile marker at a time. So it kind of breaks your goal, your bigger goal up into three smaller, medium-sized goals because there'll be times where you have to work to accomplish that one, get to that one mile marker, whatever that may be. And you kind of look ahead, okay, I gotta, I've gotta, she talked about how I've gotta get write a proposal, I need an agent, and I need, and I can't remember what the third thing was, I didn't write that down, but um, I just thought that was really helpful, and I'm, I think I'm still sl working on my, a couple of my mile markers on the goals I'm working on, but I think just having that, that visual, so you don't go off this road, so you can stay focused. The other thing she talks about is 
effectiveness. And this is another really good chapter because uh, she talks about all these other skills, but just the idea of how instead of making a to-do list, she talks about making a result list. She says, and by result, I mean that in the, the end result, I'm looking for what is the end result that I'm looking for at the end of this work session? So whenever she's writing a book, instead of just saying, I want to write today, she'll say, I want to write 2,500 words today. And then you know that when you accomplish your goal, that is your result. Um, instead of having a to-do list, but she talks about how sometimes on our to-do list, we avoid the really hard things. And with the results list, we'll get to the real purpose of the problem. And she's saying you should have maybe two to three results. There shouldn't be a lot because they're usually bigger things. And so you'll maybe do one or two a day and that's still great. And then the other thing she talks about is you reevaluate how efficiently you're working so you're knowing the right result to aim for. She says, so once you know the best results to aim for to get closer to it, the next question you want to ask yourself is, is there something I could be doing that would make this more efficient? She mentions Gary Keller's book, The One Thing that we should read and says, when it comes to your result list, the question should be, what's the one thing I could do right now today that would help me achieve all of this faster, easier, or more efficiently? Which kind of goes back to my uh, one podcast about the 90-10. What's that one thing, um, the most important thing you could accomplish? She talks about making sure you're creating your own productive environment and understanding where you can be the most productive. Um, she talks about knowing what distracts you and avoiding that thing, whether it be turning off your phone and your Wi-Fi so you can accomplish what you need to or... Um, she talks about she would have to get out of her office when she was trying to work on a book because she would get distracted and want to go and help other people with their projects. And then she says that every week you should kind of course correct and really look and plan and make sure you're on the right track and you're being most effective. She says she does her plannings on Sundays and she decides how the week's, the week's going to go and then kind of is that's a good way to really course correct if you're not really working on that mile marker and she talks about sometimes it's so easy to go in circles or think you're working in a way that's efficient and it's it's not going to closer to your goal I really enjoyed this book and then I really enjoyed rereading this book so I think it's super helpful that um, not only will it be helpful one time, you can just reread it and go back and really do the exercises that she suggests to work towards your goals and work on becoming the person that you really want to be. And so now I just think I'm grateful because I have this better sense of where I want my next 10 years to go and what I want it to look like. And then I've also, I've done what she suggests and breaking it down into 10 separate things and um, and then working at one goal at a time. And it made me think a lot about, for those of you who are members of the, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it made me really think about, um, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. It's easy to be overwhelmed and see someone's success or looking at someone's middle or near the end of what they're doing and thinking you can't accomplish these things. But if you think of, 
all you need to do is break things down into smaller bits. And she does a really good job at helping you figure out um, making those plans that you can accomplish these things that you want to do. You have the time, you can make the time. And it's so important that we really do make this time and are efficient. And I think it's important as we think about wanting to dream and accomplishing these things we wanted to do in our lives. And I also think it is super helpful to combine that with working alongside with God as you guys work together. And I think it can be even greater as you do that. If you want to take the time to read this book, it is great. It's inspiring and it'll kind of help you if you're really struggling to find a trajectory for your life. Um, it'll help you to really just dig deep and find out where you want to take it and take hold of things and, and just really find a direction for yourself. Not worry about what anyone else thinks, but what really, when you think deep inside what you really want to do. And I encourage you all to do that. So thank you so much for listening. Again, it's the book is Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis. You can get it from the library as well as on many different places. And I'll have a link on my website so you can just click on that if you want to find it there. All right. Have a good day and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 